1: Well, hey there, everybody. Glenn Blakeney here of the Kingdom Community. Guys, I am so excited that uh, you're joining us tonight, whether you're actually watching the live or you are watching the replay. This is going to be an incredible time of interaction, teaching, and impartation. My guest tonight is Paul Rapley. Paul travels the world ministering the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and sees many miracles not only is he an individual that the Lord is using and has postured and positioned himself to be used by the Lord, but he's training and raising up everyday believers just like you and me so that we can do the works of Jesus ourselves. And of course, the truth is, when we all step into that place that we do what Jesus has called us to do, wow, the impact that we're going to have around the world. So guys, just go ahead and let us know where you're watching from. Hit the share button. Let people know this is going to be awesome. We're going to have a time of prayer and impartation at the end. If you need healing, if you need a miracle in your life, hang around. This is going to be an awesome time and it is your time. It is the night for you to experience a miracle or the day for you to experience a miracle if you're in the other side of the world, wherever you are. Thank you, Venice, Florida. Let us know where you're watching from. And again, just go ahead and hit the share button. We're talking about miracles, signs and wonders, seeing people come to Jesus through the power of the gospel. You know, Paul said in First Corinthians 420, the kingdom of God is not in word, meaning not word only, not in logos, but in power in dunamis. The gospel is in power. Little Rock, Arkansas. Thank you. Welcome, guys. Uh, Continue just to. Share and let other people know about this. It's going to be an awesome broadcast. Again, my name is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries, and this is the Kingdom Community broadcast. And just want to tell you guys a little bit about who we are and what we do. The Kingdom Community is exactly as the word states it's a community of believers from all over the world, literally from all the different realms and and continents on the earth. We come together online. We do training and equipping. We, we build relationships and uh, we're, we're doing all we can to network and see the gospel go forth to the nations of the world. If you're not aware of the Kingdom Community Television Network, go ahead and check it out, kingdomcommunity.tv. We are growing. We are expanding We have our apps, our television apps, Roku, Amazon Fire, Google TV, Apple TV, apps for your cell phone, your mobile device, iOS, Android, and the website, kingdomcommunity.tv. Lots of great content. If you are someone that creates content, you've got videos, teachings, that type of thing, um, get a hold of us. Let us know. We'd love to have you on the Kingdom Community Television Network. We are about to like just expand and really do some big things here over the next two to three months. We're going to improve things uh, in terms of technology, more reach and even just the aesthetics of things, how we look and it's going to be awesome. So check it out KingdomCommunity.tv, And if you're interested in connecting with us for training and equipping, we have people that are just incredible leaders from all over the world that speak into our lives Head over to kingdomcommunity.global and you can learn more about that. Bless you. Hey, from the Philippines, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, So good uh, to have you guys with us. And uh, it's going to be an awesome time tonight. As I said, my guest is Paul Rapley from Paul Rapley Ministries. You can learn more about Paul and his website, which is paulrapley.com. And uh, without any further ado, I'm going to bring Paul on. We are going to be hearing from him, his story, his journey, how the Lord is using him and the incredible things that he is seeing the Lord do as he travels around the world. So, hey, Paul, welcome to Kingdom Community. So glad that we finally got to do this. It's awesome. Bless you, my friend. Oh, got I. Sorry, here we go. There we go. Go ahead. Ah, Sorry,
2: It's an honor to be with you. It's great to partner with you.
1: Well, yeah. And this is so good. I know. Look, I just looked at your itinerary. You're all over the place. And uh, one never knows where you're going to be one day to the next. But it's so glad that we were able to get you on here tonight. So let's just jump right into um, the discussion here, Paul. Like uh, you know, as I mentioned, kind of like the big picture is you're traveling all over. You're seeing the Lord do amazing things, miracles, salvations, healings, all that. And how did you get started? I mean, you were you always a believer? And and how did you step into the place where you yourself began to encounter the power of the Lord?
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, as a pastor's kid, um, prayed for salvation at the ripe old age of four. I came home from church and uh, heard about heaven at church and went to my older brother, who was seven, who in my mind must know everything because he was seven years old, and asked him, how do I get to heaven? And he explained it to me as well as a seven-year-old could. And I prayed with him a uh, sinner's prayer for salvation and then um, came running out of the bedroom and went to mom and say, mom, mom, I'm going to heaven when I die. And my mom, being a sweet person, but also wanting to be careful that I actually knew what I was doing, asked me a whole lot of questions. And I said, Mom, I know what I did
0: because I didn't know
2: what I did. And um, so four years old is not too young. But that doesn't mean that everything in my life always went perfectly. It wasn't until um, I was 20. When I was 20, I was diagnosed with cancer. And then at the age of 21, I got worse with cancer in my body. And I had a number of tumors in my body. And that's when I realized I might be seeing God soon. And I realized that, yeah, I had lived to God, lived for God in some ways. But a lot of my life, I'd also just lived for me. And I realized that when I lived for me, my life was empty and it lacked purpose and it lacked meaning. And um, I said, God, I do not want to waste my life anymore. I want to live completely for you. And wow. so that started me on the process of, of really pursuing god wholeheartedly and at the same time that's when i began to start seeing breakthrough and healing was actually a few years later but that was the process of me beginning to really go after after the power of god as well
1: okay that's that's powerful uh, but let's talk about that what does that look like what did that look like for you to go after the power of god to pursue god um what what exactly do you mean by that
2: okay so when Nine months into the cancer process, when I was getting worse, when I thought I should be getting better, I realized that I could no longer live life mostly as a complacent Christian, Um, that either I was going to get really bitter at God with how my life had turned up or I was going to turn hard after God. And I would love to say it was because I was so spiritually mature that I chose to turn hard after God. It really wasn't. It was realizing I might be seeing God soon and having bunch of bitterness in your heart towards him probably isn't a good strategy. So <laughs> I got drugged into spiritual growth, kicking and screaming and, um, pursuing wholeheartedly the power of God. Well, I mean, in one ways it was for myself. I knew God was real. I knew he could heal. And, um, and then, you know, so, I mean, it looked like going to any kind of healing meeting I like, you know, could find available and where I'm from, which is Minnesota. And, um, yeah, but, um, you know, cancer was a long, school process. That was three years of my life, and I've been cancer-free for, gosh, 17 years—a long time. But um, but that created a massive passion to see people get healed. Like I really—it boiled down my life to being really passionate about God, and really passionate about healing, both for myself and for other people. And because I knew if somebody prayed for me and all the tumors disappeared, man, I'd become their best friend. You know, like um, that was all I really wanted. And so, like, even with cancer, my own body. You know, I went to different healing meetings. I I knew it was real. Like people would get healed at them. I just wasn't one of those. You know, but I knew it was real. So I'd be like, well, there's no reason why God can't do this through my life. So I'd be praying for people where that was somebody at church or wherever, and just nobody ever got healed. And at the end of it all, after three years of of you know praying for sick and so on and so forth, and seeing absolutely nobody getting healed, I just said, God, I quit. I can't do it. I've read my Bible more and I. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and I've confessed everything I know I've done wrong. and I've confessed things that I'm not even sure if they were wrong and hoped that it would work and somebody would get healed, but it didn't work. Nobody's healed and God, I can't do it. I think that's what God wanted me to realize. Sometimes we're trying harder on our own strength and God wants us to surrender and trust him to do what we can't do. And that's Mm -hmm. not just for healing. That's for a lot of things in the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um i'd venture to say a lot of breakthroughs i've seen happen in my life have come on the other side of quitting now we could put good spiritual language on it and call it surrender but in that moment yeah. of frustration when you're trying everything you know how to do and it's just not working you know it's mm-hmm. like god i can't do it and um so it's right after that um a woman came to me and she said paul pray for me i'm going to go to the emergency room for really bad female problems and so I prayed for her and she said i'm I'm healed and I said no you're not no one I pray for gets healed and test your body again I'm sure mm-hmm. you're still sick mm-hmm. and uh, she said no I really am healed and um, immediately I came to two conclusions and the conclusion number one was if God could heal one person when I prayed then God could heal thousands of people and and the great thing is that he has I just left Columbia and with a team between what we saw with the team and then training some pastors and leaders and speaking at some churches, there's literally, I kid you not, um I gotta do the math on it, like what eighty seven hundred healings that happened in three weeks. Um number of deaf ears that opened was like I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, number of like I think twenty eight, twenty nine people had metal in their body. No, it was more than that. metal in their body and couldn't find them like like for example a guy said i had 14 screws in my wrist and he says i had a metal plate underneath my skin he's just flipping out he's like just constantly feeling. he's like i can't find it like they're gone like he just kept like trying to get other people to feel his wrist and it's not there right the metal plate's gone (laughs) that's jesus that's what he does and i mean all kinds of tumors disappearing, blind eyes, paralyzed people, not paralyzed. You know, it's just what Jesus does. Like, you know, and then all the rest of it too, you know, the migraines, the back pain, the you name it, Jesus heals it. You know, like, I was just reading the Bible today. Like, you know, Jesus healed everyone. Jesus healed everybody that came to him. And it's like, sometimes I hear people like, do you have an anointing for this? Or do you have an anointing for that? I'm like, dude, it isn't about my anointing. It's about Jesus and Jesus can heal everything. So like, there's, there's nothing too difficult for him. That's the one that we're approaching when we're praying. Right. So like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it isn't about whether I got anointing for this or that. He just wants to do all of it (laughs) because he's just good at it. And, um, yeah, so, but anyway, um, but that's how it started was, was realizing that it it was not about me and it was about Jesus and, Mm -hmm. and that I can't do it. Because if there was something I could do to make a healing happen, believe me, I tried. I tried everything and it didn't work. But it was, you know, God likes us to know what we can't do and what we need to trust him to do. And um, he likes me to know where I stop and where he starts and what's him and what isn't me. And um, yeah, so he's good. He's just, he's a lot better at his job than people think he is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, when you really understand what Jesus taught in the Gospels uh, and and what he modeled for us in terms of he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Right. So that that's something that we have to get a hold of. Like we can look at our current reality and go, okay, so I'm not seeing people heal just like you weren't for a season. But then we try to we develop a theology that fits our life circumstances rather than, you know, try to line up with what the word teaches. And, you know, I've, I've read the stories. John G. Lake went through a season like that where he wanted to see the miracles. It didn't happen. Then finally it happened. I'm not sure if we can, you know, pinpoint anything specific that we do, obviously, even in terms of just letting go. Uh, but. What would you say to those who are out there right now and, you know, maybe they're suffering, Paul, they've got sickness, disease, and they're just in a place where they've been prayed for, they prayed and nothing's happened.
2: Hmm. Good question. You know, I think what helped me when I don't, first of all, I don't have a formula of do these three simple things and you're going to get healed. Like I don't, if I did, believe me, I wouldn't have gone through cancer for three years. You know, I would have I would have done the formula and been healed a whole lot quicker because, yeah, that's what I what I wanted. But yeah. what helped me when going to all these different healing meetings back when I had cancer was um, it was easy to start to live like a roller coaster where I was trying to like build up faith or build up hope or build up whatever before the healing meeting, and then my hope was all in that meeting that I needed to get touched, and if it didn't happen, I'd feel mm-hmm. crushed, and um And and then you know you start to do that after a while, and then you start to think, why don't you know if I want to go to a healing meeting? Because man, like you know, I don't want my hopes crushed or whatever. What I had to do was I had to change that God became my source. Like I trust in God that He's my healer, and and God needs to be my source, but I still have a responsibility to steward my health. So stewarding my health for me going through cancer looked like a variety of things. It looked like changing my diet. It looked like choosing to forgive people instead of holding resentment in my life because that wasn't helping me get well. It looked like sleeping healthy, uh, like eight hours at night instead of sleeping four hours at night and working 80-hour weeks before I had cancer. It looked like, you know, changing my diet. It looked like all of this stuff. But it also looked like if I need if I'm trying to be a good steward of my health and God's moving at a place, you know, across town or wherever and people are getting healed, if I'm a good steward of my health, why wouldn't I want to go there? Like right. that would be good stewardship of my health. And yeah. so my hope would not be in that individual event. My hope was in God, that God's going to heal me. And if he wants to do it, you know, through that event. Now, I mean, I believe God wants to heal everybody instantaneously. My practice and my theology don't always work out evenly but when i look at the work of jesus you know he healed everybody like he didn't tell them you know you need two more years in order to grow in characters to keep the tumors for a while you know like he just healed them you know and so um but for me i needed to to live in that place of surrender for me ongoing it looked like living in a place of praise and thanksgiving it's one thing to surrender it to God, but how do I not take it back? And to live in that place of, of surrender was to live in that place of praise and thanksgiving, that when the fear or the worry or the anxiety or this or that would try to creep in, I was like, no, I praise you, God, that you're taking care of my health. I thank you, Lord, that you're at work in this situation. And I thank you, Lord, that you're healing my body, even if I didn't feel like I saw signs, but even if I did have a bunch of tumors in my body. And, yeah. and so living in that place of praise and thanksgiving and keeping God as my source caused me to become a lot more even keel instead of living on this roller coaster of I went to this healing meeting and all my hope was in this meeting and then it got crushed because it didn't happen. Um, and then trying to work that back up for the next time. Um, like I said, I don't have a great formula of do these three simple things and you're gonna get healed. I'm, I'm just telling you what'll help me to keep my sanity when going through cancer for three years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, I I love the fact that you, you just say that, Hey, you don't have a formula. I don't think Jesus did give us, he never gave us a formula in the scriptures. And uh, I mean, there's things we're called to do. We're pray for one another. We, um, you mentioned some things, make sure that we're not walking in unforgiveness and so on, obviously even stewarding our, our health, but ultimately, uh, there, it's the Lord, and it comes to that place. So, when you are um, out there ministering, you're going to all these different places. I mean, just kind of give us a, a just paint the picture. What does it look like when Paul goes to Colombia, like, and you're there for a week or however long? I mean, what what do those meetings look like, and and what do you?
2: do? Honestly, they look they look pretty similar to anywhere in the world. To be honest with you. Now, Columbia, I did have a team with me. So when I ran a team, like I basically took one day, trained everybody on the team on how to activate churches and healing and to do evangelism. And then they literally went to 83 churches in Barranquilla, Columbia, and and spoke the exact same message I told them to do, did it the exact same way I did it. Every single one of them had a whole lot of success. Nobody did a healing service where nobody got healed. And I mean, the team saw 5,900 healings in nine days and um in 83 churches and so yeah but um I'm like you know after you finish the trip feel free to do whatever you want to do it but you know like just just listen to me please (laughs) and they do and it works really well um but when I generally just go and preach at a place um and it doesn't matter where you are on planet earth like sometimes Americans or Europeans or different cultures have this concept that there's other countries in the world where God heals but he doesn't like to do it here and it's just a load of a load of malarkey, a load of crap, you know, because it's like, you know, Jesus said all things are possible to them who believe. And and unfortunately, sometimes in our first world nations, we believe for God to do it on the mission field somewhere, but we not believe for God to do it the same way in our own country. And what did we get because of what we believe for? Like God is not a racist. God does not check to see what kind of cultural background they have or what skin color they have before he can heal them. Like he doesn't say, Oh, you're from India, I love you, why don't you heal him? But you're from the u.s so i don't like jesus loves the people everywhere like so uh, i think for me when i when i train a church if i was just going to do like one service at a place typically it's going to be activating the people and healing so if i'm going to literally like start at the end which is these guys are all praying for each other and god's healing a whole mess of stuff because he always does after doing this for gosh two to three hundred healing services a year for over a decade straight like and (laughs) god always shows up god always heals you know In 53 countries, you know, it doesn't matter where you are on planet Earth, right? (laughs) If my my ending point for just doing one service is they're laying hands on each other and God's healing a whole bunch of stuff as they pray for each other, then to back this thing up, like, I'm going to preach in such a way as to get people, like, prepared. So if I was in, like, say, the U.S. doing a healing service, it's getting rid of beliefs that people have that are holding them back from seeing God work through them. So, and those beliefs could be in all kinds of different cultures as well. So what beliefs cause Americans to think God can't work through them? Well, it could be number one, they disqualify themselves. They go introspective before they pray for healing. And this is every culture in the world, universal stronghold, I think. And people go introspective before they pray for healing. And they say, I haven't read my Bible enough. I haven't prayed enough. I said something bad yesterday. I'm not holy enough. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. I don't have a spiritual gift for healing. And they disqualify themselves. And if all things are possible to them who believe, they're believing for absolutely nothing to happen after the introspection and disqualification. And it's completely shutting down what God wants to do through their lives. So getting rid of the disqualification. And and I like to tell them, like, hey, you know what? If you came to me and you said, Paul, pray for me, you don't want me thinking, well, you know, my quiet time this morning was a bit rushed. I'm not so sure it's going to (laughs) work. You don't want me thinking that garbage right? Like, and I'm the same as you. Like, if you don't want me to disqualify myself and believe for nothing when you ask me to pray for you, like, I'm the same as you. When you pray for somebody, don't disqualify yourself. Your faith is not in your works. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. And if legalistically doing lots of good things made for powerful healing ministries, then the Pharisees would have had the biggest healing ministries in the Bible. So maybe it's not about that. And maybe it's much more about God's grace. And when people start to realize that, then there's no point in going introspective. And then maybe we'll start doing what Jesus did, which is Jesus didn't go introspective before he prayed for the sick. He actually was externally focused. We see over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus was filled with compassion and sick people were healed. And that's why faith, according to Galatians 5, verse 6, it says, faith flows through love. What God wants to do through us flows best through love for whoever's in front of us, not through introspection, not through disqualification. You know, it's like, I remember years ago, I used to work at Teen Challenge here in Minnesota and I prayed for a guy at work and he didn't get healed. And I was beating myself up thinking, man, if I just had more faith, I would have seen him get healed. Right. And I heard the Holy Spirit very clearly speak to me and said, Paul, if you could have taken your eyes off yourself for one second and cared about that man. You would have seen him get healed. You wow. see, I thought I was missing faith. But what he was saying is, is you're missing love because faith okay. flows through love. And so that's why 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 on the move of the Holy Spirit have 13 as a context talking about love. Because what God wants to do through us, through the Holy Spirit, flows a whole lot better through love than through trying to act spiritual or make something happen or act goofy or whatever. So I think that's a big one right there. I think another one, this is universal basically in every culture, is the asking, begging, and pleading. When you actually look at how healing occurs in the Bible they're not asking and begging God to heal. Their prayers are all commands, you know, like uh, like when Jesus prayed or, or the disciples prayed or Elijah, Elisha, or I don't care who you pick from the Bible, like their prayers are commands, you know, be healed, be clean. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Lazarus, come forth. Ears be open. Tongue be loose. Little girl, I say to you, get up, stretch out your hand, get up, take your mat and go, Like. It's all speaking to the mountain, commanding the mountain to be moved. None of it has the word ask in it. Nobody, it doesn't exist in the Bible to say, God, I just ask you, please heal this person. And so like if we're actually wanting to see the results that are in the Bible, as opposed to the results that might be common in your average American church, then maybe we should do what they're doing in the Bible instead of doing what's happening in the average American church. Yeah. So I would say that's a big one. I would say making healing a lifestyle. When you look in the Bible, like healing is something wherever they go. The average Peter and John. Okay. Acts three, verse one, Peter and John are literally walking to the temple at the time of prayer. And they see a crippled man standing there. What do they, do? they say? You know what? I'm going to pray for the crippled man at the church prayer meeting at the, the prayer meeting at the temple. Is that what they do? No, they stop right there and they go to the man. Like, they understood from Jesus that God works through people. And uh, I understand God's outside of time and space and whatever else. But, but sometimes, sometimes we fail to understand how much God desires to work through people. That when people cried out to God in the Bible, whether that was in the book of Exodus, whether that's in the book of Judges, whether that's wherever, God's typical response was not just to sovereignly do something it was that God sovereign worked through people and God sent people. And so there's so many people praying for a healing revival without failing to understand just how much God wants to work through them to bring that healing revival. It's like Ananias in Acts chapter nine, like he's, Ananias is, is praying, like God do something about Saul. Like Saul's coming to town. He's going to arrest and kill Christians. And, and what does in, That's what Ananias is thinking. And what does God do? God's like, hey, Ananias, go to Straight Street. Saul's over there. He needs healing for his eyes. (laughs) Like, Ananias is just like, God, how about you do something? And God's like, no, 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 let's go do something. Like, we have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And God works through people. And we sometimes have really failed to understand just how much God wants to do that. Like, They don't just, when the guy has leprosy and he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus do? Well, I'll pray for you when I get home. Have a good day. I'll pray for you at the next church prayer meeting. Have a good day. No, like Jesus goes to them right then and there. Like it was a lifestyle wherever they went. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to see the same results they saw, I recommend that we start doing what they did. And people are open. They are really open. And so, anyway, those are just a few common things that I would I would teach on. But I like getting people to do it. Get them laying hands on each other. Get them actually praying with authority to drive out this stuff and see Jesus do what he does.
1: Yeah, no, that's really important what you shared. Because it is true that a lot of what is blocking us from experiencing what the Lord wants to do is predicated on, yeah, faulty belief systems, you know, limiting God. Uh, like I'm not worthy or I can't do that, whatever it is. Uh, Obviously, having a a theology that's not scriptural, like, oh, God doesn't heal today or he doesn't heal everyone, whatever it may be. But that's really good stuff and uh, very important that we get that right. And I love the fact that you emphasized how Jesus had compassion. You know, I think there's like 14 times it says that in the Gospels. He was moved with compassion. Faith works through love. That's so important. Um, Paul, let's just talk about a few of the miracles that you've seen. Like tell us some of the most incredible miracles that you've seen as you've been traveling around. Uh, Just let's build the faith, uh, our faith up one another. And then we want to obviously guys have a time of ministry where we pray for you and minister to you. And like Paul said, command that healing over your life so hang around if you know somebody who needs healing we're going to be praying and ministering that way yeah later on but yeah let's let's just go there uh paul
2: tell us tell us some of your stories well i mean there's a lot but (laughs) Um, i think the most remarkable healing i ever saw god do was a number of years ago i was in topeak mexico with a buddy and my buddy's name was carlos and um um we had a little bit of free time and we were just in the in the plaza there in in Topeak and we had an interpreter with us and so we were just looking for people who needed healing right so we see this this gentleman who's there and um he's walking along with a white stick tapping it as he goes down the road and, you know obviously he's blind you know blind beggar and oh. um he's uh so we're like oh well it looks like he's a good candidate for healing so we go over to him and, and start talking to him and introduce ourselves to him. And he says, yeah, you can pray for me, but you need to understand something. And what you need to understand is that one of my eyes, and he pointed to which one was which, he says, is actually my eye. But the other eye is actually an artificial eye. It's a glass eye. And, mm-hmm. and it looked very much like his eye. You, you wouldn't know unless, unless he explained that to you. And he, he made it very clear which one was which. And we're like, okay, well, no problem. We want to pray for you. So we start praying for the guy. You know, sometimes you got to persevere. Sometimes the healing comes right away, but sometimes you got to persevere. And I think we prayed like a couple times and there was no difference. Like, ah, oh, let's keep going. So I think it was like the third prayer. He starts to see light and dark and, and shadows and stuff like that out of one of his eyes. And then we keep praying and he keeps seeing more and more. And um, it was funny because all of a sudden, like the guy is, he's beginning to see for the first time in his life. And he's probably in his 40s um he, he starts panicking and um we start addressing that and, and it was like he was scared like he doesn't know what he's gonna do if he can see like wh- how is he gonna like feed himself he's used to begging right like and yeah. like and we're just like you know what if god can open up your eyes like if god can can heal you like he can take care of finding you food or getting a job or whatever like and he just kind of like relaxed a little bit again so we kept praying over him. We prayed over him a number of times. By, by the end, I mean, he said he's seeing perfectly out of one of his eyes. Ah, he doesn't know what seeing perfectly is. So, um, but we could hold up fingers and uh, he could tell, oh, yeah, that's two. Okay, that's four. That's three. And, and he'd reach out and grab my nose. And, and uh, he was so excited. What was amazing, though, the most amazing part of the story was that the eye that got opened was actually not his eye. It was the glass eye. and i would not have believed it except that before we ever started praying for him he had said this eye is my eye and this eye is the glass eye and i'm looking over at carlos my buddy and i'm like wait a minute is my mind playing tricks on me like that and Carlos's like no your mind isn't playing tricks on you that's what that's what he said that's that's right and um and so when we left him he walked away like a tourist on steroids i just Taking in everything as he slowly walked down the the road by himself. Um but that yeah, I, I don't know if God brought a creative miracle and put in a new eye. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's God. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants to do, right? Or if it was an ongoing miracle and God just caused him to be able to see out of a glass eye. But um yeah, but it was it was incredible. Um you know, there's just been so many remarkable ones. I mean, even just in Colombia over the last few weeks there, um, one of the ones that was especially fun for me was uh, this one hit a little bit closer to home. I don't know why, but um, there was a woman who came to the, I was doing a pastors and leaders conference and um, and she was there. Her name was Maria. And she was probably, I'm guessing, about mid-30s, although it's dangerous to guess a woman's age. But anyway, mm-hmm. Um, but, um, this, she said, I was born without a nerve, um, and the nerve would blow up like from my, my neck into my head. And she says, so I haven't had that nerve. She said, I have never known a day of my life without pain. She said, because that isn't there. And she said, as I got older, she said, the pain got so bad, um, that she said, I've had been on painkillers every day of my life for, I don't know how many years, eventually i don't know how old she was when the doctor figured out what was wrong that she was missing that nerve um but anyway so she had she had lived in extreme pain like for her whole life and just even be functional to get out of bed she was on heavy doses of of painkillers and so in the service they're all praying for each other for creative miracles and whatever else needs to happen and um and so she receives prayer and and she didn't testify then it was a two-day pastors and leaders conference she testified the second day and the second day she said i received prayer last night for a new nerve to be created and she said i quit all i I don't advise this okay i'm just telling you what she said she says i quit all my painkillers cold turkey and she said today was the first day that i've been pain free and painkiller free and i don't know how many years And then what was really fun was I went back and after doing the pastors and leaders conference, then, um, that was held at the local mega church. And, um, I went back and, and preached there. And so at one of the services, she was there, but she had literally told her her whole neighborhood and brought 35 people with her people's hearts. John chapter six, verse two, it says great crowds of people followed Jesus because they saw miraculous signs performed on the sick. And I don't care what country it is in the world, but people will come to know Jesus when they see miraculous signs performed on the sick. It changes people's lives.
1: Absolutely. And it's biblical. I mean, Acts chapter eight, verse six says that the multitudes gave heed to the things that Philip preached, seeing and hearing the miracles that he did, you know. There's so many references uh, in the Bible that talks about that. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, 7, 8, as you go preach, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he commanded, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and so on. So, you know, you you hear a lot of people talking about, um, we need to pray for people and so on, but clearly, in the context of that, those two verses, it was a commandment to actually do it. It wasn't just to pray and ask the Father to do it, but you do it because of what has been invested in you. And, of course, uh, I think, personally, the key, obviously, is that delegated authority that comes out of who we are in Him and, obviously, that place of staying in union with the Lord. And that's what John G. Lake talk, uh, taught a lot about. So... That's a powerful thing. So, Paul, um, we are going to just go into prayer here in just a few moments, minister to people. Guys, if you're watching this right now, we would love to uh, just come together with you and in faith, believe for your miracle. Paul's going to lead in that. And uh, so get ready. If you have a specific prayer, uh, something you need a miracle for and you would like to type it in the chat, just go ahead and do that. Obviously, we're live right now. The the replay is going to be um, on the Kingdom Community Television Network as well as on podcasts. So even if this is this is the the replay, guys, you can still receive a miracle right now in from the Lord Jesus Christ. So just prepare yourself, get ready. Go ahead, type in the chat. Is there anything specific that you are believing and want to see the Lord do in your life? A specific healing, a miracle, whatever it is. And Paul's going to lead in that in just a moment here, but Paul, just before you do, um, I really would love to hear from you regarding why you are so passionate and intentional in training and equipping others. I mean, it seemed to be at one point in what was happening in in uh, you know the restoration of the fivefold and the gifts of the Spirit that it was kind of like the the well-known healing evangelist the, the the minister the man of god that flowed signs and wonders and miracles but today what i'm seeing and i believe this is certainly god's will is ephesians 4 not just 11 where we've identified oh yeah there are apostles and prophets today and, and you know and 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 therefore signs of the apostles and the prophetic function and those things miracles But the equipping of the saints, the body of Christ being raised up to um, represent Jesus and to as a part of that body. So, question for you um, not everyone necessarily is, is a prophet or an apostle, whatever, but are we all really called to do? this stuff like to see the miracles happen and if so why is it that even though there's it's getting better there's still so many uh, places and churches ministries that are really not pushing for this so go ahead
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's extremely vital. And even actually when we pray for the sick here in a little bit, if people are watching with somebody else, I'm going to get you guys involved praying over each other because there's no reason we can't equip people to do this, even through this platform as well. Um, But, you know, I think people need to be taught. People need to be taught that it's for them. If we actually were to look at the Great Commission, if we're looking at it in context... You can't take the Great Commission out of power. Mm. It it goes together. And when you start looking backwards, like what's the backstory on the Great Commission? This isn't the first time Jesus is sending people out. Like Jesus did it, first of all, in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. You know, he multiplies healing ministry to the 12 disciples. He sends them out. He doesn't just tell them, you 12, go find all the sick." and bring them all that he's doing to the 12 disciples. They go heal the sick wherever they go. Yeah. Um, the very next chapter, Jesus does it a second time. It's Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and then verse 2, and, and verse 9. And Jesus sends out 72 more, and he tells them what their job is, and it's in Luke 10, verse 9. And it's to heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. You know, the parallel passages to this is like Matthew 10, verse 8, where Jesus is literally telling the disciples, their job is to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons and cleanse lepers. Like Jesus was doing power evangelism. He saw that this needed to be multiplied. So he multiplies it to 12, then he multiplies it to 72. Then he multiplies it the third time. And the third time is what we call the Great Commission. And it's funny, you know, I think I have every kind of denomination in my background between, yeah, I have everything in me. I'm, I'm straight mutt. <laughs> I grew up a Baptist pastor's kid. I did a Christian missionary in school for undergrad. at a four square seminary. I used to volunteer at a Quaker youth group years ago. I was supported by Lutheran church as a missionary. I was, you name it, I got it in me somewhere. But like all these denominations believe that the Great Commission is for today and for every person. But if we're actually gonna focus on the context You know, what is the context of the Great Commission? It's Jesus multiplying power to reach the lost. You can't take the Great Commission out of its context. And is the Great Commission just for 2,000 years ago, or is it also for today? Well, every denomination would say it's for today. You know, is it just for pastors, evangelists, and guest speakers, or is it for everybody? Well, every single denomination would say it's for everybody. Well, then guess what? Then the Great Commission, which says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, or where it says in Mark 16, these signs follow them that believe that they're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. Then then you, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it that like the Great Commission is for today, but what it includes somehow is not for today. And so every single believer has been qualified by Jesus to move in power. And you're qualified when you're given the Great Commission. You don't have to do anything to have a healing ministry. Jesus already qualified you for healing ministry. And then that lends the question that if you are qualified by Jesus Christ himself, then there is no reason to disqualify yourself. There's no reason to think, well, I haven't read my Bible enough. It's not going to work. I haven't prayed enough or I'm not good enough or whatever. Like, Did you pay attention to who Jesus qualified for healing ministry? Like, he qualified Peter, who was going to deny him three times. He qualified Judas, who ultimately betrayed him. He qualified James and John, who at the end of Luke 9, after he sends them out at the beginning of Luke 9, literally want fire to come from heaven to go kill a whole village. Like, they wanted to become serial killers when they're on their evangelism outing. Like, don't tell me Jesus waited till everybody was perfectly holy before he sent them out. You know this this concept that way too many charismatic and Pentecostal churches have which is we have to get everybody's character and theology and this and that and whatever all just right and then and only then can we empower them to you know move in power to reach the lost. It's just the exact opposite of what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Like if we have that model, you're never going to empower the woman at the well to reach her whole village for Jesus. And you just disqualified one of the best evangelists in the Bible. You're never going to empower Judas to have a healing ministry. Are you kidding me? You know, and don't tell me Jesus is wrong because we all believe Jesus is our God, right? So then maybe how we think about things maybe needs to change. And we actually start seeing this, how Jesus sees it and not what's popular in our culture. Like Jesus was very happy to qualify people for power that you or I or most people would, well, maybe you or I, because we've, We have a heart for this, but a lot of people in the American church (laughs) would not qualify. And I'm sure there was a time in both of our lives that we wouldn't have qualified, you know? And so so people need to understand that they have been qualified by Jesus himself and that this is for them. And when they start to realize that this is for you and that evangelism doesn't have to just be trying to argue with some non-believer about whether or not God's real— but actually, it's like, you know, when you see your buddy and you're like, hey, how's your day going? And he's like, dude, my, my day is not going well. I got a migraine right now. It's like, oh, really? Like, that's really easy to see changed. Like, can I, can I get a shot at that? Like, I got a friend named Jesus and, and he can do something about that. And like, when I do that, the average American, I'd say two thirds of Americans that don't even know me. I like, can literally going up to Americans literally thousands of times over the last decade, like, Two-thirds of them will say yes for me for prayer as a complete stranger. And just be like, hey, you know what? Can I, like, put my hand on your shoulder when I pray for you or wherever? Where's the migraine? Can I put my hand right there? Virtually always you always say yes? If they say yes for prayer, they're fine with you laying hands on them. Hmm. And then just praying a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be yelling tongues at the top of your lungs. It doesn't have to be something to whatever, you know? It can just be like, God, I release your presence to touch them. And in Jesus' name, migraine, get out of them now. Amen. All right, test it out. How are you doing? you know, and it's amazing what God does, you know, but, but it's important that we actually give God the opportunity. And when we don't actually go and pray for anybody, like, and actually like, minister to them, like Jesus said, speak to the mountain, command the mountain view, and just say, pray for him at home from far away, but to actually minister to people and then check and see what God is doing. It's amazing how God shows up. God wants to show up. Like, that's his heart. Like, He isn't sitting there like, man, I just want everybody to stay sick for a while. No, like, (laughs) do you see what Jesus did in the Bible? Are you kidding me? Like, like he healed everybody. Didn't matter. He didn't check to see how much they had read their Bible before he, like, healed them, you know? Like, he just healed people because he loved them, you know? And as we fall in love with our King and see what he does, we can't help but want to spend time in the Word of God. We can't help but want to spend time with him. Man, my goodness, I'm I'm missing a huge opportunity if I don't, you know? But, um, but, but he didn't make people try to earn a healing because you can't earn what comes by grace hmm. and you can't earn what Jesus wants to give for free. And so, man, we just want to see Jesus touch people. Should I just have people already start? Is that right if we go for yeah. it? Yeah, you've so for
1: you it. No, you, you go for it. Go for it. So, we want to do, Paul. Right. Just go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, I encourage you if you're watching this and you're by yourself, okay, no problem. But if you're watching this with somebody, you know. You don't sometimes people think in order to be healed, they have to have cancer or heart disease or coronavirus or be half dead or something. But you know what? Jesus heals carpal tunnel and back pain and sciatica and migraines and allergies and people don't see 2020 and ringing in their ears and all the rest of it, too. Of course, he heals the heart disease and cancer as well. But anyway, so. Uh, if you're watching this with somebody, you know, maybe you already know where each other needs healing at in your body. Maybe you don't. I encourage you just take a moment and just find out real fast, like in 10 seconds. Like, okay, this person's knees hurting or their back's hurting or they got headaches or whatever. Just talk to each other real quick. And if you're watching this by yourself as they're talking to each other, you know, Bible says lay hands on the sick and they recover. Or you can lay hands on yourself. No problem. If you're sick, lay your hands on yourself and we, we can see Jesus do something that way too. Um, but hopefully these guys have talked to each other, to find out where the problem is. I encourage you, put your hand right where that person needs healing, if appropriate. So you can put your hands on each other. Now, don't be impressed by the problem. It's really easy for Jesus to heal. You know, like In the Old Testament, Moses sent out 12 spies. They all looked at the promised land. They all saw the exact same thing, the blessings and the problems. 10 of them looked at the promised land and said, it can't be done. The problems are too big. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb said, are you kidding me? We got God, we win. Now, who was right? It's a trick question. All of them were right. All of them got what they believed for. So when you just heard the problem, you have a choice right now. You can think, ooh, that sounds really bad. I've even tried praying for this person before. It didn't work. I'm not so sure it's going to work. And if you think like that, you just kind of became like the 10 spies a little bit, didn't you? Don't get impressed by the problem. Get impressed by the answer. Just tell them this is easy for Jesus. It, it is. It's not difficult, and there is no health problem that is too difficult for God. I don't care what problem you think you have. It's all easy for Jesus. Amen. All right. So go ahead, and put your hands on each other where you need healing, and then let's just pray. If you're if you're there with somebody, you know you can repeat or you can um, just go after it i i almost when i pray like with authority um i like visualize imagine like a big dog is like attacking your kid what are you gonna do you're not gonna say like oh big dog don't hurt him please no no no. you're gonna be like dog out all right so imagine the migraine or the diabetes or the asthma or whatever they told you about is a big dog and god gave you authority drive that out in jesus name Um, you're not yelling at the person you're not yelling at the problem you know, I'm not saying you need to yell. I'm just saying I want you firmly engaged in driving it out. Be focused as you drive it out. Um, So we're just going to invite God's presence to touch him. We're going to drive out the problem, but at the same time, have a posture of like compassion for this person as you pray for them. Not introspection before you pray, but compassion for them. So let's pray. So Jesus, we just welcome your presence. We welcome your angels, Lord God, for healing, to touch people wherever they're at around the world. And god we just thank you for the privilege of serving you our king and we thank you that your arm is not too short to save and to work in people's health so right now we speak to every kind of problem we say get out right now in jesus name pain out go now in the name of the lord jesus christ be healed now every problem out we break you off right now in jesus name God, for the people that feel like they're under spiritual attack, we break that. We say, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. You have no right to him. You lose him now. I bind every, all torment, all anxiety, and I command you to get out now in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind depression. I say, get out now in the name of Jesus Christ. We Release your presence, your life, your hope, your joy now in Jesus' name. Pain out. Metal. I speak to all metal, plates, rods, screws. I say, get out right now in Jesus' name. A new bone be created now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tumors out, go. We break you off cancer. We curse you. We say, get out of their bodies now. Be healed now. Fire of God, touch them now from head to foot in the name of Jesus Christ. Every issue, I command you to be gone now. We release your presence. We release your hope. We release your life. We declare wholeness now. Sciatica, the Lord rebuke you. You get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Every pain, every problem, get out now. Ring in the ears, be gone. Uh, every problem. Yeah, we just, we declare wholeness now. We release your life now. So just, if you're watching yeah. this with somebody, just command the problem they have to get out in Jesus' name. Doesn't matter if I mentioned it or I didn't, like go after it, drive it out. God gave you authority. If you're watching it by yourself, feel free to just start thanking Jesus for what he's already doing um, in your body, just start thanking him right now. Um, whether you feel a difference or even if you're not, like just start thanking him for how he's at work. Um, yeah, we steward what we're given through Thanksgiving and, uh, yeah. Amen. And so go ahead and test your bodies. See how you're doing. See if it changed. Is the pain still there? Are you feeling better? Do you feel like yeah, like you're feeling free. Did something break off of you in the realm of the spirit? Is metal still there? Is a tumor still there? Test your body. You know, testing it out is an act of faith. In, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John pray for the crippled man. They said, silver and gold we don't have, but the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You know, the man actually didn't get healed when they prayed that. They actually The next verse, it says, they took the man by the hand. They helped the man to his feet. And then instantly his feet and legs became strong. So his feet and legs became strong as he was testing it out because testing it out is actually an act of faith. So I encourage you right now, wherever you're at, test it out. If there's something you can do that's not going to cause you a major problem or whatever, check. See if there's a difference. And invariably when we do this, there's a bunch of people that are healed. There's also people that are improved, whether that's 5% or 95% or somewhere in between. Um, that they're better. And there's people that can't test it out. Maybe you don't have the problem at the moment. Maybe you get migraines, but you don't have one now. And there's people that might feel the exact same, but that doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. Sometimes it happens in the coming period of time. So I want to, you know, in case there's people in that second category that are feeling improved, but not perfect, I just want to pray one more time for them. You know, Jesus ministered to the blind man. He saw people like trees. He didn't leave them that way a second time and he was perfect so so let's go one more time so jesus we thank you for what you're doing we give you the glory we exalt you jesus we worship you jesus we thank you that you are the king and god we release your presence we release your hope we release your fire right now in jesus name in jesus name metal get out of bodies now in jesus name tumors out heart conditions go Be healed now. Be restored now. I declare creative miracles right now in Jesus' name. Migraines, get out of their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Eyes open. Ears open right now. All pain, get out in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release your life. We declare your hope. We declare your goodness. We break off any attack of the devil. We say the Lord rebuke you. You get out now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just release your presence, your angels to minister to people now. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed now, be restored now. Yeah, feel free to just be thanking Jesus for what he's doing. Or feel free to command. You know, if you your partners improve, but not perfect, command one more time, the problem to go. Yeah, feel free to go for it one more time. Yeah. And then when you're done, go ahead and test out your bodies again. I believe that we're going to get some good reports of what Jesus is doing. So. He's good. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Paul. Awesome. Yeah. That's it, guys. We uh, we step out. We do it right. We be obedient to the Lord who told us to heal the sick, cast out demons, and so on. It's such a powerful thing that when we step out. Yeah. Lots of great illustrations there. Love the uh, the illustration of the the big dog. Yeah, it's true. Like we would not deal with a dog that way if he was threatening you know our kids or something like that so yeah it is it is an enemy sickness and disease you know the final enemy to be conquered is death is what jesus said so that's awesome paul so paul if um people want to get a hold of you what's the best way to do that
2: um through my web page works uh which is just my name paul that's probably as good a way as any in order to try to get a hold of me um yeah happy to come they have a church or whatever but just realize my schedule is booked for like a year in advance just about it's kind of crazy so <laughs> it's it's the way that it is but um yeah i guess people are hungry for this go figure right um right. but uh yeah Um happy to do whatever i can to help people be empowered in healing ministry but there's just one of me and i can't only get to so many places but um Right. Yeah, I want to say something real quick. There might be people who are watching this that, that you're realizing Jesus is real and you've never before actually prayed to turn away from what you've done wrong and make Jesus your God. And the Bible makes it really clear like that is the only way to have, the, the, to have salvation, to have, have, um, have a relationship with the Lord, to be forgiven of what we've done wrong. And so I encourage you, like you can do that right now. Um, just go ahead and repeat after me if you'd like to do that. And you just say, Jesus, just wherever you're at, whether you're at the coffee shop or you're at the at home or wherever, you can just say, Jesus, please forgive me for what I've done wrong. Help me to turn away from these things, and I make you my God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just did that for the first time, I believe that you got what we call born again in the Bible. I, I encourage you. To get into a church that preaches the Bible, I encourage you, and where the Holy Spirit is moving, I encourage you to read the Bible. A great place to start is the book of Mark. I encourage you to tell others about what Jesus did for you. And I encourage you to pray to God through Jesus. Like He loves you. He cares about you. And, uh, yeah, he's right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank
1: you, Paul. So, guys, tonight, um, our, my guest has been Paul Rapley, Paul Rapley Ministries. Paul travels to the nations of the world preaching the gospel and seeing signs and wonders and miracles done, healings, and he trains others to do so, which is an integral uh, part of, of what is really needed in this season. He, he is in the body of Christ. So you can learn more about Paul by going to his website, which is Paul Rapley. Dot com R A P L E Y Rapley, Rapley For those of you who are listening on the audio podcast, um, yeah, watch the replay, share this before you go, and please let us know if you've experienced a healing in your life. We would love to hear your story, your testimony as well. Go to the website kingdomcommunity.tv, you'll be able to watch the video replay there as well as on my social media pages. Check out Kingdom Community TV, guys. Lots of great stuff happening no matter where you are in the world. We're broadcasting in multiple languages, more languages coming soon. Taking the gospel of the kingdom to the nations of the earth. Also, if you're looking to be trained and equipped um, to really step into your potential, to fulfill your potential and your destiny, head over to kingdomcommunity.global. You can learn more about us, what we offer. We would love for you to be a part of the kingdom community and to be equipped and trained uh, to be able to represent Jesus in this final hour of history. Things are getting crazy in the world, but Jesus is getting better and more and more uh, demonstration of the kingdom is happening all over the world. I'm talking to people on a regular basis. Incredible miracles are happening. So many people are coming to the Lord. Looking forward to seeing you guys soon. We're going to be in Australia. It's uh, currently August 2022. Headed out to Australia. Going to be in many different cities there. Look forward to connecting with those of you who know us, or if you don't know us, check out awakenations.org as well. That's our ministry website. Bless you guys. Thanks again for being part of the Kingdom Community Show. My name is Glenn Blakeney. My guest tonight was Paul Rapley. Have a great day, great evening, wherever you are in the world. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.